Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we're simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally, with a global perspective, enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains, transit, adventures, and life hacks, and today... We've got Andy Anderson here yeah. in the studio with us. A little, little bit of literature, a little bit of writing, yeah. a little bit of poetry. Transit poetry, I hear. Transit poetry. Yeah, yes. I like to write poetry on the max. <laughs> Do you spend Poetry a lot? on the max? Yeah, oh yeah. Poetry about the max? Yeah, I write it on the max about the max. Nice. It's great. And Andy recently came out with a book, um, which we'll be talking about a bit later here on the show. Um, what's the name of your book, Andy? My book is called Hello, My Name is Andy. Excellent. And um, yeah, we'll be transitioning over towards the book section here in a few. Um, first, let's go ahead and catch up on the week. Sure. How have you been, Aaron? Not bad. Guess what happened on Sunday? Did you recover another bicycle? No. <laughs> oh. Clever did. Clever cycles, uh, who um, whose Brompton got stolen and then we ended up recovering, Um they found someone's work cycle for them nice. and recovered Okay, them. I thought yeah. I had seen a recovery there. Yeah, I was, my guess yeah. was a cheater guess <laughs> based, on, <laughs> based on somebody tagging me on Twitter. <laughs> I see. Yeah, it was pretty, it was, that was kind of a cool story. I would love, this is a shout, call out, shout out, call out to anyone from Clever to call our hotline, um, 503- I don't know it actually by heart. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably um, a sign that we should get more calls to our hotline. There you go. Um, 503-847-9774. Yeah. For real? That was rattled. I couldn't even yeah. find it. That Good was job. rattled off. I, I just off scrolled down memory. to it. We are fantastic. All right. So 503-847-9774. Actually, anyone who wants to call and tell us your story, go ahead. But also... People of Clever Cycles, we want to hear how this work cycle got recovered. Mm. So what did happen uh, on Sunday? Oh, yeah, Sunday. Uh, I went to the Hollywood Theater. Oh, yes, for? For yep. the Ovarian Cycles. Indeed. Yes, a, a documentary about um, an L.A. bike group, not bike gang. Um, and there was a, a point in the documentary where... Like, they clarified. They, they clarify, because uh, many papers, publications would like to call them a bite gang mm. but anyway uh um, yeah sounds catchy not accurate description right. no <laughs> no I you you've heard of the ovarian yeah cycles. have yeah, you yeah. Andy, i have not have, oh okay this it is sounds really cool. intriguing so, yeah it's uh out of east la um this group of mostly uh latin women um but uh for women of color um bike group just kind of all about empowerment about um, making streets street safe, especially for women. Um, and it was, it's just a really cool documentary. Uh, I love our Portland bike culture, but the sense of purpose that this group had, like, in a way, I kind of want to be like, okay, Portland gauntlet thrown. Mm. Let's, yeah. you know, it's it's fun. We have we have a great time here in Portland, but. And and some of it is like we're pretty insulated from a lot of issues. You know, LA's a huge city, mm -hmm. and you know, they've had a few memorial r rides for women who are literally found in the streets dead. You know, and not 
a whole lot of that happens here in Portland. Um, yeah. I think in some way we're maybe a little bit more insulated to that, but there are still things we could like bring attention to and sure. biking is a, is a good way to do that. Yeah. And in cycling's historically been a means of activism, whether it's, I mean, whether the cause, um, but there's yeah. definitely a strong tie back in terms of the roots. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really cool. Um, there was a ride. Well, there was actually a few people trying to get together for a ride. Um, one group was at Velocult. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up at Ex Novo. Yeah, that was with, um, uh, Armando's group, yeah? No, Armando was at Velocult. The other? Oh, <laughs> I, was I see. At, I was at the competing group. Armando's no. was the, hey, let's have a beer and walk over to the theater. <laughs> Respectable yeah, I was, group. <laughs> I was with Kat uh, from the Joyride. Kat actually okay. got a flat. And so oh, okay. there's all these people who knew Kat in one form or another, but very few of us actually knew each other. Mm. So it was really interesting. We all met at Ex Novo. And we're all kind of essentially strangers. Um, it was kind of neat. And then, you know, uh, we eventually got got notice from Kat. Like, I got this flat. I mm. can't make it. Oh, no. So then we just all hung at Ex, no- Ex Novo, um, <laughs> nice. getting to know each other. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. So it was like a weird blind date, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, way less uncomfortable. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would hope. <laughs> Good yeah, what deal. you been up to? Well, on Sunday, so I know I had mentioned my enthusiasm for going to this event um, and found that the date conflicted yes, with our right. film by bike jury screening. So that's why um, checking calendars is a good idea before committing to two <laughs> events at once. Uh, but we watched about four-ish hours of film on Sunday in addition to the stuff that was screened on Friday. And so um, just sort of going through that jury feedback process and i did miss ovarian cycles but did get some excellent films in that afternoon nice yeah absolutely um other things i've been up to let's see went up to mount hood on tuesday really um yeah my mom and sister were in town um so we had been kind of like trying to find a place that we could all get out to um and it turned out that timberline lodge weirdly enough was like one of the cheapest places to stay that night okay um and so i'm all down for the winter camping component uh but sometimes when staying outdoors in the snow it's nice to have a roof roof, um as i'm sure many can understand uh so in that regard um went up and then uh realized i'd overscheduled myself and so haven't actually stayed in timberline but um ended up needing to get back down to portland for another filming event on thursday morning so it's kind of like an interesting week all things considered um but it was nice to see family there kind of in between nice yeah um let's see yeah that's been pretty much my week stuff's going i mean a winter in a bike shop's a winter in a bike shop yeah so it's uh, pretty pretty uh quiet over there pretty quiet pretty like project based uh it's a nice time to work on blog posts because it seems like you never have enough time for them in the summertime (laughs) uh but in the wintertime there's plenty of time to write yeah Uh, yeah. oh another thing laundry by bike laundry by bike first in a real long time for me okay Ooh, yeah Yes. Gotcha. I right. my brain went instantly to like Tide Pods, and I was like, "Please don't be eating Tide Pods." <laughs> no, <laughs> they're glad. so delicious. They are. It's but, weird, but don't that, eat Tide isn't Pods. Isn't it weird no. that that like became a thing? It is. I still I still don't understand it. Yeah, I, I realize this is I'm transitioning into middle age now because mm-hmm. I don't understand why the kids are doing the things that they do. 
<laughs> I wonder how much though that it was like expanded upon. I wonder how many people are actually doing it. Oh, I saw a, I saw a number once, and it was like fifty five. something. Yeah, or like <laughs> five. Yeah, and yeah. it's like become this nationwide. Like this generation is eating Tide Pods. I'm like, so yeah. are they though? Yeah. How much of it <laughs> like, is like media? I think most of them are pretty smart, and like mm-hmm. a few people did. Yeah, it's so interesting. Social phenomenon. Is this where I get to say, like, back in my day, all we did is play with pogs. Pogs, not pods. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so I didn't eat any Tide Pods. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, But I packed mine and Anna's laundry Mm -hmm. in all of my paneers on my bike. Nice. Yeah, it was a really cool touring setup. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like looked like I was going somewhere. You're like badass, just rolling over to the laundry. Yeah, that's all, impressive. <laughs> all two miles. Did you have yeah. a trailer? No, no, no. Just, just on your just saddlebags. in my paneers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they're called. Yes, paneers or saddlebags. Saddlebags. Yeah. Saddlebags. Yeah. I think they're both. I think they both definitely work. Yeah. Laundry yeah. How paneers. how nerdy, how uh, pretentious. Do we want to be? Because well, I could be like, hmm. No, I I'm, not, I'm not sure, Aaron, <laughs> because when I need to bike to do laundry, I prefer to put my laundry in my panniers. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I like to put mine in my bock feet. <laughs> and sometimes my partner rides and we have bock feet in Ooh. the plural. Is that? Is that there's a plural of bock feet. It's, it's a German word. Oh. Yeah, bock feet. Nice. I'll have uh, to find ways to subtly inject that. That's, into a, that's a callback to an episode <laughs> with Kath Yule. Oh, okay. Way, way back um, where I learned that. Gotcha. Kath, how's it going? Um, I don't have a Bach Feats, by the way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or Bach Feetsen. But yeah, so they were all in my pen years. And um, I was at a laundromat for the first time in like ages. Hmm. And so I've been on this weird diet. Where, you know, I'm not eating grains, dairy, or sugar, Mm -hmm. or any kind of sweetener. And I've never had any cravings. I'm on, like, currently a day 26. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Day 26. And no cravings up until that Sunday, just a few days ago. Oh, really? So pretty recently, though. Yeah. Have you? I wanted a slice of pizza so bad. Pizza's good. Have you heard of the Whole30 diet, Andy? I have heard of the Whole30. Yeah. Yes. But not partaken in. We've had a couple of guests who have, so No. Okay. I'm I, I'm vegan, so I've already I already have enough dietary restrictions. <laughs> got enough going on. <laughs> I think I'll keep grains uh, and sugar. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. I'm in I'm in the sugar camp <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> myself. I can't wait to get back. No. I've got a I've got a jar of ice cream sitting in my pan pannier. <laughs> no. <for it. laughs> no, you don't. No, it, it, it's it's a celebration ice cream a week from now when we record the next episode. <laughs> It is not cold enough to keep that ice cream in your pinniers. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, one, you one might can try. <laughs> um, so you've been doing well until... Until that that Sunday, I really, okay. really wanted... And I, I'm trying to trace it down. I think some of it is just like sense memory. Because, you know, when I did take my stuff to the laundromat way back when, I would always like go to the nearest whatever mm-hmm. and get like... The it's usually like a Seven Eleven type store, you know, plaid pantry mm-hmm. type store, and get like whatever's in the heater, either like 
you know, uh, the reheated burritos mm, or, mm. or the like the rolling hot dogs. Lamp. Well, not the rolling oh, hot okay. dogs, but the heat lamp pizza mm-hmm. slice. And uh, so kid, I think there was the something about about being in this like uh, nostalgia in mm. a way that made me want to like, oh, I need to have some kind of junk food. Yeah. Do you get like the like specific cravings too for like a certain like it's got to be Seven Eleven pizza or it's got to be, because um, I was just wondering like back in every I, well way way back yeah. when I was in college I went through this phase where I had to have like some kind of refined sugar snack cake hmm. and it couldn't like it had to be like a zebra cake like a little Debbie zebra mm-hmm. cake or something like that and it it couldn't be like something nice or okay. it, it, it couldn't it's be gotta just have like this feeling of a like, chocolate bar yeah it had to have like that specific texture and that huh. specific set of chemicals a sponge right yeah right. yeah just i could just like hostess. throw some sugar on, on some sponge maybe. So yeah. whatever science engineer was was like making hostess cupcakes is like aaron i've got your number gotcha gotcha sucker <laughs> so you made it though you you haven't broken down no no i haven't um came pretty close that day and then um after ovarian cycles a bunch of us went to moon and sixpence the mm-hmm. bar just down the street from the theater yeah and um i didn't i wasn't like tempted other than the fact that there wasn't anything on the menu and i was kind of wanting mm. to munch on something yeah it could be a bit difficult too so i was that guy at the restaurant can can i get an order of fries without seasoning mm. yeah hey fries are still fries yeah <laughs> I'm glad that those are included. What do you cook those in? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's it. No tots? You only have fries? Oh. Wheat. Wheat oil. Only the finest wheat oil. (laughs) Wheat. (laughs) Just to to fancy it up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever ever done that at a a restaurant, Andy? Like, like, what do you cook this in? Or or like, what's on this? Yeah, sometimes I have I imagine, to. Imagine like being mm. vegan. That yeah, that that sometimes yeah. Can you tell me what is in this? And they're just looking at you like, okay, is there egg? Is there milk? Mm. Yeah, it's a lot easier in Portland though. I found oh. that. Uh, yeah, Portland is where I became vegan, and it's super easy. So and, yeah. And and for Portland, would you like what would you give a? Because we were talking a bit about ratings before we um started the show, and so like, what would the Portland rating for like, oh, this percentage is easy to be vegan as compared to, like, other cities that you've lived in or experienced. What percentage? Oh, yeah. Like, is it 80%, like, yep, pretty easy to be vegan, or, like, 30%, wow, that, like, super sucks, and there's barely any food available. There's always something. There's always fries. There's always fries. There's always something. (laughs) So in that case, I would would rate it pretty high. Like, maybe give it an an 80 or 90. Nice. Whereas in Texas, you go to a, a Mexican restaurant and... There is no options, literally no options. Mm. The refried beans are cooked in like <laughs> Manteca. Just fat, yes, you know, and th- there is just nothing. It's just not the style. That is exactly vegan. So you just have to be like, what were your good enough? What were your go tos living in Texas? Have and have do you still like head that direction, or do you sort of open up new food options being in Portland? I've tried. I've tried a few new things, but I my favorite thing is a burrito always. Okay. Nice. So thank you, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so easy. Like, I make them at everything, home. Like yes. wrapped up, yes. you know, it's portable. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, at home, out, wherever, burrito <laughs> or tacos. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. Favorite favorite thing to put on a burrito? Like, what is your what is your go to? You've got to have favorite? avocado, and the tofuti vegan sour cream is a must. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Got to have that like creamy texture along with and, the and, like, and rice like a and the sriracha and... rooster yeah. sauce. So. Mm-hmm. Sriracha. Yeah. Not like salsa or. Not necessary. Sriracha. Yeah. Yes. Sriracha. <laughs> it's vegan style. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so I guess not speaking of vegan or vegan style, but speaking of a vegan who t- happens to write books. Um, a vegan with style. A vegan with style. Yes. <laughs> and who also happens to ride transit. Um, yes. So you wrote a book. Tell us a little bit about um, sort of like the the underpinnings or, or what brought you to want to do that. Yeah, the inspiration for the book, I, I uh, participated in National Poetry Writing Month last April. And so a majority of the poems in the book came from that. And the most recent poem in the book is the last poem, um, which is called Andy Rides the Max Again, named after the first poem, Andy Rides the Max. Okay. Um, and that poem was inspired by the the Max stabbings. So that's the most recent poem. So that was the, um, uh, the sort of more infamous ones uh, at at the Hollywood yes. Transit Center. Yes, okay. correct. Yeah, that made national news. Yeah. So Hollywood Station used to be my stop when I worked uh, at the gym right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I was not on the train that day, but it hit very close to home. And, you know, for people that ride transit, you're you're just like, wow, you know, if I was in that car, what would I have done? What part would I have played? And so and that's really interesting. Yeah, that's a particular step where all the transit, all the max lines, all the light rail lines, except for one, um, go through there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a few that are like that in this town, but... Yeah, like anyone who rides any of those other three lines that, that go through there, the green, the red, the blue, um, could have been um, on the max, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then someone who rides the max daily um, facing the fears and the anxiety of having to ride the max the next day or that oh, yeah. night. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you, before that happened, would you have characterized the max as... I don't know, all that dangerous or sketchy. I still would not categorize riding the max as dangerous okay. or sketchy. Yeah, at certain times of night on certain days, particularly Friday and Saturday nights, there will be characters, and I may have just gotten a couple of drinks, so I'm like, hey, look at all of us. We're all having a great time on the <laughs> We're max. We're all characters. Yeah. We're all characters. Hmm. Yeah. How? And you've been riding transit in Portland for a decent amount of time, because um, you sort of had done a commute to work or at least a longer commute than than a lot of times we'll have folks on the show from so you've had experience with sort of all three modes there yeah when i first moved here actually i lived out towards the zoo and so i would bike to the zoo stop and ride the max in that way with my bike and most recently i've lived in vancouver for two years so in the summer months I had the option of either driving to the top of the max on the yellow line or biking. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I work nine to five shifts, biking is the way to go. And so I'd get to go across the fun um, I-5 bridge during rush hour traffic and just 
maybe fly, maybe fly in by the cars. <laughs> um, it, but yeah, yeah, it gets pretty clogged up sometimes. Do you practice there. the wave? The hello, like that rodeo. I was doing the rodeo. Oh yeah, like on the way back from work, when everyone's stuck on the loop de loop trying to go back up north, you're just like, yeah. (laughs) So that's the best part. The worst part is if you're trying to get to work on the one lane I five biking path, Mm. and you're stuck behind someone with a trailer on the back of their bike, maybe going to do laundry. Yeah, and um, you're just laughing. Just laughing so hard because like this guy can't pull over. There's nowhere to there's, pull yeah, over. There's nowhere yeah. to go. Not so exactly just, a uh, multi-lane bike path doo, there. Doo, doo. Taking selfies with this trailer guy. <laughs> Maybe what else can you do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a it's a fun it's a fun adventure. But I just moved to Portland um, yesterday, so I will I will be figuring out a new transit option. Maybe yeah. riding the bus, no more or, or biking, mm-hmm. or biking the whole way. <gasps> yeah. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Hit the nine. Hit the nine to fiver. Yeah, we were talking commute routes too. It's always interesting moving to a new spot because um, it feels like you you want to try out a few of them in order to get a sensation. Because some things that work for um, some folks wouldn't necessarily work for others or for everyone. So it's always like that. That like settling in period where you get to try a few routes see out see what works best um and you've got a really like good commute setup too should be pretty good yeah it looks it looks pretty direct but i'm do either one of you ride a lot at night you ask about like Mm -hmm. the safety of the max and i'm yeah saying Um, oh it's fine but how are the roads at 11 30 at night if i get off late Mm. you've got a backlight i can't really speak to 11 30 i'm usually asleep right (laughs) me too but 5 30 Five o'clock. Um, they're usually really nice. I actually have found quite in a um, uh, what am I trying to say? An affinity or an attraction to biking really early in the morning. Mm. Um, no one's around. Like I got the roads all to myself. Like four thirty type, three <clears> thirty, five even. Okay, five thirty sometimes. Like I will uh roll north mm. on mlk which is you know it's a major north south route up here mm-hmm. um not really suggested for most people on bikes but at that time of day let's go for it it's nice yeah yeah, yeah. it does it feel like i feel like um whenever i travel really early in the morning i always associate it with a, a specific mem- specific memory which is that of um like transition or travel like the only time I can remember being awake, like of my own volition around that period is like, Oh, I'm going to the airport. airport. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, Whoa, there's this whole world that exists that I only partake in like every few years or something like that. I Um, get that every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, Mm -hmm. it's nice because it's empty. I thinking about it though. I, I do have like some memories of biking pretty late at night and, you know, 10, 11, I think is still kind of like bar time a lot of times. Um, there was a few times I would get out of uh, a movie, um, like say at the Academy, which is like um, outer, kind of outer Southeast along mm-hmm. 82nd, you know? That's close to where I just moved to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Montevilla mm-hmm. is, yep. the, yeah, is the name of that neighborhood. Um, and this was back when I was living like much further south um, and... I I was like, ah, we'll take 82nd down, which is a, another like mm-hmm. major 
but it was like 12 a.m. on a Thursday night. Yeah. You know, not so bad. Cool. <clears throat> I don't know if I would suggest that as an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe it will be fine because there won't be cars and it'll yeah. be safer than yeah. 6 p.m. I feel like the only people that are going to go on those two routes are just people trying to like maybe drag through. So you'll either get like nobody or like one or two people trying to go really, really fast because it's a mm-hmm. side street as I kind of feel how that that route would go. Yeah. Um, or people who live in the neighborhood who are probably going to be pretty like diligent about uh, driving on that stretch or cycling for that regard. Cool. Yeah. I'm excited. I mm-hmm. love exploring new neighborhoods and I'm just going to be on my bike like, wow. Maybe we'll get, you can't <laughs> really park. write a poem on your bike, but I guess you could, you could try. Yeah. Although I wouldn't suggest it. <laughs> I could write it in my head. You know, sometimes when I'm driving, um, I have spoken spoken a certain line into my microphone on my oh, notes really? that's mm-hmm. cool yeah and then i'll go home and edit everything that i meant to say because it doesn't understand what i'm saying most of the time <laughs> <laughs> so if you ever get a weird yeah. text from me and oh yeah it's not punctuated and has oh, weird Andy's words it's because i use my microphone yeah. <laughs> on their bike do you find it leads you to like new avis avenues left otherwise unconsidered like you're like well i wasn't going to use you know the word um lapidary (laughs) but i guess that really just does make sense at this particular stanza no not typically (laughs) sorry siri Siri hasn't gotten that good yet and i will just sometimes i can't even figure out what i was trying to say it's so bad Mm. oh yeah yeah you're just like well damn i had something but no yeah Hmm. back in the day when i was into songwriting uh, there were times where, like, I would be playing an instrument into a recorder and then just kind of, like, speaking gibberish mm-hmm. and then go back and, like, try to make words that kind of sound like the gibberish that oh. I was saying. And, like, you end up with this weird stream of consciousness mm-hmm. type thing. Like, ah, this doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. But, yeah. but it's a fun prompt. Right. Yeah. 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 Or you, there yeah, are artists same. who sing like that, though, and you're just like, it's kind of, it's, I wouldn't describe it as Bob Dylan-esque, but, like, people who just ran, do have that stream of consciousness right. consciousness style and uh, like half of the time i'm like oh that's so good and then the other half i'm like no you're you're just making up words to put into songs <laughs> right and how much is the meaning like that we're interjecting yeah. into it yeah, yeah exactly yeah. oh that's the great thing about words um speaking of would you like to um read any of your poems or, or talk about the yeah um, yeah transit nature um, so my book is also, um, while it's about the max a lot, it's also about being non-binary, which is, um, very interesting. So I recently changed my name about a year ago to Andy and I use they, them pronouns. So the book is a lot about that experience mm-hmm. and, um, coming out per se, uh, So here's a very short one as an example of like trying to figure out my name. And it's called Name Anxiety. Lee, I said my name is Lee. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Lee. I signed up as Lee. I was welcome to the mic as Lee. Hey, Lee. Sorry, be patient, please. Lee is not quite me. I'm practicing with names tonight. Not her. I'm them. Is it right? I am a ball of anxiety. How will I know if it's right? Not Lisa, not Lee. Let's be Andy tonight. Yeah, I mean, and I chose Andy based off of my last name. So mm-hmm. Andy Anderson rings really nice. And also my grandfather uses Andy. So mm. it's kind of a fun tribute to him. Mm-hmm. Were you close to your grandfather? Yeah, Gr- Grandpa Anderson is still around. And I have sent them 
my book i don't i don't really know oh, what yeah. they think of it you know <laughs> okay. they're in texas oh you haven't had any response yet you know they have not directly given me a response <laughs> okay. about my book so, which so, could be good or bad but but you should know andy is technically an international seller i am say what yes just the other day my friend who lives in london requested a book and a copy of my book was sent to the UK. Mm-hmm. There you go. Through Powell's, I believe. Through Powell's. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can find my book at Powell's Burnside. And uh, you better go fast because I think there's about three <laughs> copies left. And was then, this like a self-published? Yes, or? it's okay. very self-published. So as soon as those three copies um, sell, there'll be pressure for me to print more. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's, hard, it's a hard life being a self-published <laughs> author. Mm-hmm. But you got help. Through the IPRC, correct? Yeah. So Portland's Independent yes. Publishing Resource Center is we where I used to I've rent a studio. Yeah. Yeah. Their offices. Right on. Yeah. This and uh, like by this I mean like this equipment used to live there. Mm-hmm. Very used cool. To record out of At there. the old location. Yes. Yeah. Um, division. Yeah. Thus feeding my love of burritos right across the street. Oh, oh Los yeah. Los Gorditos. I For love sure. Los Gorditos. <laughs> I eat at the one downtown. Once a week, at least. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I've not been. I feel I've like eighty percent. Everyone but that one. Oh really? Oh, it's great. That's a good one. It's the best one. It's a really good oh, one. Yeah. Yeah. I too eat it. That was good. It's probably <laughs> probably about once a week. If, yeah. If not I mean, more. they pro- they know my order. I, yeah. You know. I feel like um, within a certain block percentage, you know, you have your your capture of everybody who works in the neighborhood, and Los Gorditos is probably riding at like sixty sixty five percent on Powell's, or um, there's also right. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I'll go there on lunch and see, mm-hmm. see a coworker, yeah. and we just like make an eye, and then we look back down at our books like we don't see each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Jane <laughs> it's works. Our time off. Jane it's works our time at Powell's, off. and so we head there. Yeah, Powell's is the place to be. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do you have another poem that you'd like to read? Uh, yeah, I can read another poem about the Max. It's gonna be. Um. Yeah, I'd like to read the the poem that was inspired by the stabbings. Bring it down, yeah. and then we'll, mm-hmm. we'll come up. We'll come back up with something else. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to read the, f- the first half. It's kind of a two-parter. Andy rides the Max again. I took a ride on the Max to Southeast. Ooh, I was going to the, the IPRC that day. Their there old location. Their old location. I took, a ri- I took a ride on the Max to Southeast, orange line to Milwaukee, post full moon chaos. It was a new day. A little sunburnt from nude beach on Tuesday and a little sore from cannabis-infused yoga on Wednesday. Now it's Friday. Yeah, that was a really Portland week that I had. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! No, I won't be going out this weekend, Andy said. Maybe next weekend. Today, a beer at Tugboat with Juliet Palante, the main character in a Gabby Rivera novel. I'm dying to become a reliable something on the page, too. To become anything. Something. Then more time on the max. There was a what? A murder? A stabbing on the max today? At Hollywood Station? I know that stop well. Three throats slit for standing up for two girls, brown, one wearing a hijab. This is what they are saying. What are they saying? There is a bike hanging on a not-in-service train. I see it as I pass. I see it pass as I wait again to go home. Who left it? Are they even alive? All I feel is darkness. It's all that's left. Andy rides the Max home. It's late. They have a repulsion, attraction to fear, sensitive but solid, astrologically fearless. They ride and make hard sketch lines in their journal until the page turns black and simultaneously write a poem 
titled An Ode to My Etch-A-Sketch. I'll read an ode to my Etch-A-Sketch, yeah. Yeah. An ode to my Etch-A-Sketch. The one just goes right Yeah, into it goes right into the next yeah. one. I etch and etch and etch in the same square until I can see the insides, my insides through it. Fine repeating strokes over and over, side by side. I transform the medium and myself in it, displacing aluminum powder until every speck squeaks away, scraping and scraping, drawing over the same lines to erase. No longer a canvas, instead a window, the workings no longer a secret. Can you see? Look inside. No more surface. Hours of pencil-free drawing. Look what I etched. I erased the entire thing. I created something else. And then the book ends. Hello, my name is Andy. There you go. That's that the end. great. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so the if last you want to read the yeah, beginning. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. That's the last poem in the book. <laughs> But it'll all make sense if you uh, read, yeah. read from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Are you have you ever done that with books? Read, Just like read the, the ending first. I have then... had to fight that desire. Oh, really? At times, I often like doing that. Yeah, yeah. What was your or what is I was, would say your motivation? I think I was ruined by Kurt Vonnegut. Mm. In that he often tells you like how a character is going to die while introducing Pretty, a character, yep. <laughs> um, and and so, but it, it never. The weird thing with with that is it never really changes how you view that character, or or like it never really sours you for hmm. watching this development of the storyline. Hmm. Um, Do you feel like you so, attach a sense of melancholy to that character? I I think just that's his writing in okay. general. Yeah. <laughs> but uh also I I think so because of that or or influenced by that I find that knowing the ending like helps me through the journey a little bit more. I don't mm. know. It doesn't mm. it doesn't necessarily spoil it. I don't read a lot of mysteries though either, so you know, mm. I would imagine something like that would ruin it. Hmm. I can see yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on the matter, Andy? I don't read a lot of mysteries either. <laughs> I read a lot of um, young adult realistic fiction. So I love reading sad, queer young adult books. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everyone's dying of something. <laughs> oh, yeah. One of my favorite books that I read recently is called They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera. So <laughs> we're speaking of, you know, spoilers. Yeah, that was a book going into it. You're just you do. You do have a sense of melancholy. Like, oh, my gosh. How are they going to die, though? Right. Okay. <laughs> I think like some books, I, I'd say definitely Harry Potter. I had that spoiled for me on the sixth or the seventh one, and like I wasn't, oh, yeah. I wasn't upset, but I was also like, I totally would have appreciated to find that out myself. Like I can understand both sides, but then other ones that like are even, I guess actually, shoot, now I'm gonna diss Harry Potter. Other books I care like even more, <laughs> even more about. We're I, gonna get I, so I, many. Letters. Oh God, I know. So I, I loved it. Absolute, the living death out of Harry Potter. In fact, talked to my fourth the copy. <laughs> yes, talked to my fourth copy, which I actually read a part and had to replace when I was like twelve. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I am a Harry Potter fan. All I mean to say is that some books I feel like I really care about, and then others are just kind of somewhere along that spectrum. Sure. I think, in some way, it, it speaks to my anxiety of not having to worry about what's going to happen. Mm. 
or not wanting, not needing to figure out what's going to happen. Okay. You know, when I've already known like how this character is going to turn out, like I can just enjoy like watching the character live hmm. as opposed to like having to Does read the character every know that they're going to die? Not always. Okay. But some do. Yeah. Did they know if they were going to die in the book that talked about them dying? They did. Oh. Really? Yes. Did they, that throw an element like, into it? Was it like this weird self-awareness? Like a, yeah. Like no. Society the, had okay. come up with um, it's this thing called death cast and you get a call and you're going to die in the next 24 hours oh. and you don't know when um, that sounds or cheery. how. <laughs> and so, and there's also this um, this app that was created. That wasn't an app. That's just like this phone calls, you know, system. And then there's an app that's like a friend app, and you can last friend is what it's called. So these two guys um, meet on they last friend and spend their friend. last day together. Ah, it's very sweet. Hmm. And then, and then they die. Then they die. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. There's a great movie, and I want to say it's called Last like last night as in the last night but i'm not sure if that's it um and it's this independent film and i don't e- i couldn't even name a person who stars in it much less like who wrote or directed it but it's a it's about like the sun's about to like explode or something and so this is the last day on earth for everybody for everybody <laughs> yeah wow yeah and and you know this going into it but there is something kind of cool about like watching these people live like their last day on earth or their last night mm-hmm. on earth. Yeah. Sense, sense of purpose. Yeah. 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 They're very introspective. It's a very introspective thing as well as you're reading. It's like, <laughs> how would I spend my last day? And like, yeah, that was a great decision or that wasn't. You're wasting your time. Would you ride your bike or take public transit on your last day? Oh man. I would ride my, I would think I would ride my bike, but I would, I don't think I would. Maybe pass up. Man, I, <laughs> if public transit is running, I would feel some sense of like uh, duty yeah. to ride. Be you like, like, True. Thank you mm-hmm. for doing this on, on your last day as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I rode for the last time on Monday, the yellow line, and I felt a sense of. Wow, I don't think I'm going to write the Max for a while anymore. Mm. How am I going to write my poems? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to be riding the bus or biking or yeah. both. And you get one of, those, one of those things. Um, this was kind of popular when I was coming of age as a young adult, um, an early driver, as a, as a young driver. You have now they're, they're phone cradles, but they used to be. Um, little notebook holders mm-hmm. that you mount on your on your windshield or whatever and you can write notes while you drive. Fancy. Yeah. <laughs> this was <laughs> back before we had those fancy phones. And, Maybe we'll bring that back since we can't put yep. our phone in our hand or we'll get pulled over. Right. Right. Potentially. Right. We'll bring back the notepad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you could probably mount something to that effect on your handlebar. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Just like the the phone for my GPS. I think before we started this, we had a question, or we were talking about the yes. GPS. Oh, GPS. Whoa, Andy brings it full circle. Yes. full circle here. Yeah, I cut this conversation short because I wanted to get it on record. Yeah, how well do we trust Google Maps? Hmm. On the bike mode. Um. Yes, for bikes specifically. I mean, we could go all over the place, but let's just narrow the focus here to Portland. To 
Well, or to, to bikes, bikes, yeah. To the bikes. And and with our experience, like what we know of like mm-hmm. all the various Portland maps that are out there mm-hmm. and how that compares to whether or not you or how well you trust Google Maps. Mm-hmm. I would say I'll volunteer here. As as our map resident map expert go through. As our as our map person. <laughs> well, I, I think all maps should be treated with a degree of caution. Um just because they're they're no matter human or um otherwise in terms of their composition like there's always a good bit of um or consideration that should be gone or put into like reading a device which has your life in its hands i guess so (laughs) how am i how am i trying to say it's like the famous michael scott scene of him like driving into the lake because the gps told him to do so and then him and dwight like pop out and are like but it said we we're going into a lake and Michael's like, no, well, that might, that might just be Michael. But um, <laughs> in that regard, I have had enough, um, not 100% experiences using Google Maps. And I would say like most cell phone or smartphone app mapping applications in general to um, treat them with a pretty big degree of skepticism, but like generally allow them to take me through the paces. Like I'll still do most of what they say, but I'll, but I'll treat each direction with with a fair bit of skepticism so like what is it trust but verify okay um and in that regard like just from personal experience i'd say like 80 percent confidence in portland for recommending another person get to a particular place via google maps probably like 60 percent just Uh because at google maps like you have to you have to ride a lot with it and really like map it out to learn like when it's trying to kill you, I feel like. <laughs> so that's that's about my personal trust level with the, with the mapping there, application. There are times where, you know, the little green line that indicates like this is an okay bike lane mm-hmm. or bike road. I'm like, ah, no, I don't think so. I just don't want to get anybody killed. So I'm always like, take that with a grain of salt. Right. That look, that do- yeah, it looks fine. It, it does look fine, but... And um, I can't remember who puts it out, but um, there's a really good, like, printed out Portland mm. bike map. Yeah, there are a couple of versions. Are you thinking of the big... Bike there. The, yeah. Yes. Or the... Yep. So, bike there, or it's, um, is it also in co-cooperation with Go By Bike, or there's those two organizations? One has it's a map. It's been so long. Okay. Since I've actually held one in my gotcha. hand, are these purchasable this or so they are? Shame. I think yes. um, the visitor center in Pioneer Square would have these. So I think the oh, Go yeah. by Bike one is a huge one that's put out every like five years. I'm sure somebody will write in. And about Pioneer this. Square, yeah, for the, those of us who are not in town, is the visitor center <laughs> for the city of Portland. This, it's kind of like right directly in the middle of the of the downtown area, mm-hmm. and it's where um, several transit lines, all the all the max lines but then several of the bus lines also kind of yeah. square up there yep you get your nice what well, used to be fairless square but is no longer such <laughs> wow i'm y'all i miss it. i moved to portland and that was on the top like top five i was like ooh, free transit it this yeah and then i moved here three years ago now three and a half years ago now no longer i found out no like, but if you're lucky you can still find old fairless square maps at some <laughs> counter stations. Actually, that might be kind of hard these days, but. <laughs> I would like to use that sometimes. Oh, be like, as, but, as officer. <laughs> but look, Fairless Square, yeah. it says. So the, the trade off, though, is that there's no longer the zone system. And so you, as long as you have valid fare, there's no way for you to have invalid partial fare, um, which I think was, was actually how I almost got a ticket back in college. But yeah. Um, yeah. I think the confusion factor goes down. 
Although, yeah, it's a it's a bit sad to not have a, a certain they had area. Sort of like a um, this is a compromises. Bit, yeah, this there was like um, the fairless zone, mm-hmm. and then there was like what zone, zone one, one through two, five. Three? Zone Five? three? No, it was zone three. Probably. I think three. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking three was like, and that's like the outer mm-hmm. limits of of the transit area. Yeah, because um, on the if you had a two zone pass, but mm-hmm. you were in zone one, you know, Uh-oh. you could get a ticket. Yeah, it was. It's I scary. Think it, was, it was a it's little. Scary. Yeah, it was a little overcomplicated. I think. I mean, I sense. I felt like I understand it or understood it pretty well. Um, but what I, what I got caught up on was traveling eastbound. Uh, there's a slower transition between the zones. Like you go your zone one and then your right. zone two. The zones sort of get three. larger the further you go out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then traveling westbound as I was coming from the inside of Portland back out, I um, didn't realize that it moved from zone one through zone two into zone three, all within the transition of one stop. Oh. And so with that, I had purchased the two zone because I was like, oh, I can probably get home in like two hours and don't need to do the whole day pass, uh, but purchased the wrong zone amount. And yeah, it just happened to be a fair inspection. And I was very fortunate. They let me off. Um, Is this your only experience with transit cops? That's my only experience. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I was like, I paid the fare two minutes ago because I just, all I did was go from Hollywood to the, um, through the zoo stop. So I guess technically it would be two stops, but um, yeah, just completely misunderstood that off the bat there. So I wonder how long they keep those records. Oh, I'm because you I'm got not. like a written warning, right? Or um, you, yeah, I did get a. It was like a. There was a. I mean, there was a note on my file or something. I have right. been. I have had. Um, let's see. When I yeah, I've had. I have had interaction experiences before, but that was kind of like probably the most serious. Sure. Um, and yeah, mess. I mean, message came through. I'll. I, I paid the <laughs> extra forty cents that right. I didn't know about prior, and um, haven't had an issue since because I pay the fare for the max so pretty pretty easy coasting in that regard it's it's one of those things i think that is easy to understand when you're experiencing it yes like when you've been there but to communicate that to somebody who's not there like when i first moved here they still had the zone system Mm -hmm. and i was totally lost for a good like two three weeks Mm -hmm. uh, as far as like trying to figure that out yeah yeah I remember I had some like passes at first and the passes worked like slightly differently. Like, like, like here, ride the max for free pass and then like transitioning to the ticket system or like whether you get it based on a bus or, or right. it's, it's a lot better these days. <laughs> well, now, now they're transitioning. To say. They're going to get rid of the paper tickets. Correct. Yeah. For the hop cards. Yeah. So yeah. that'll be mm. fun. I have some mixed feelings about that. I've heard mixed but, feelings from very frequent yeah. riders. Yeah. However, less paper does kind of seem like a good idea Mm -hmm. yeah you want to support that right yeah it's always something implemented at the hundreds of thousands of level is going to have growing pains yeah Uh, i think i still use the i i still use the app so um mm -hmm. i'm not sure if they're gonna incorporate those oh please don't get rid of the app right come on it's, I live and die by that myself. Just being able yeah. to like top it up and be like, yep, here you yep. go. Yeah. Yep. And like if I'm stuck somewhere, I'm like, okay, I know I've got like 20 tickets saved mm-hmm. up. I can use one now. Yep. You know, definitely. Because, you know, yeah, in a weird twist of events, not everybody has cash on them these nope. days. Yeah. Uh, so like getting that bus in the middle of nowhere can be a bit difficult. I'm thinking about that for tomorrow morning. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have cash, but th- yes, but the app is the around. App. I have yeah. the app. <laughs> awesome. All three cheer for keeping the app. Yeah. <laughs> Plus the hop cars. Hop, uh, pass They're going to write in like, w- when were we going to get rid of the app? No, we were never going to get rid of it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are wrong, Sprocket Podcast. 
Oh, thank you. It's great. We love the app. Yeah. <laughs> um, are there, before we move over to our other segments of the show, any other poems that you'd like to share? No, I don't need to read any more poems. If you would like to read more how by could... Burnside uh, yes. Powell's and, and grab one from the small press spinner. Say, how could one get a copy of this? Yeah. You just said, though. Plug again, Powell's City of Books on Burnside in downtown Portland. And possible if you don't live in Portland, you could go online to Powell's and try. You to could find go it online the, like, and type press. in Andy Anderson. There you go. Um, and order Suddenly, one like my friend did. You're gonna get thousands of requests. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people. It's funny. People are asking me when I'm gonna write another one, and I'm still having anxiety about printing this one. Really? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I should be writing another book. Oh. <laughs> Yikes, but it's very exciting. It's very fun to, and I thank Portland for that, really. Um, that's another great thing that I like about Portland is whatever your skill is, we are like, yes, go for it. Like, make that t-shirt, yes. do that podcast, like, open up an ice cream shop, open up a food truck. <laughs> we will support you. I will be there from the beginning. So it's been fun. Yeah. yeah, we've never really lost that, given all the changes that Portland has come through in the past few years. Like, we never really lost that spirit of like yeah you want to try something new go for it let's yeah. let's encourage this you know success or fail well you know we at least gave it a go for yeah. sure yeah yeah give it a shot long enough it becomes a tradition and then yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> nice well thank you andy for coming on the show it's been a yeah. pleasure to have you thanks for having me would you like to stick around for our calendar and headlines yeah andy is present andy go for it thanks andy excellent don't don't ever use that on the second friday of every month we've got the boston bike party also on the second friday of every month is the indianapolis bike party and on every second sunday of every month is the corviday bike club ride i will get one of these i will hit one of these rides corviday bike club one of these days soon yeah. February 1st through 3rd, this is a new edition, the Portland Winter Light Festival, and they're looking for a couple of writers who'd be willing to volunteer, um, quote, to help wrangle the Portland Winter Light Festival Illuminated, Bi Illuminated Bike Parade, uh, Friday, February 2nd. Uh, they need a person or two to ride in the middle of the parade and assist with parade navigation plus a cyclist at the end of the line. Um, so for February 2nd, for their big parade, they would like some volunteers. If you want to volunteer, um, email Todd at affiliates at pdxwlf, that's World, uh, Winter Light Festival, dot com. That is affiliates at pdxwlf dot com. Um, yeah, so that's going on. And on February 3rd, we have the Caddyshack Ride. February 11th, we talked about this a little bit last week, the worst day of the year ride. And I will talk more about that in specifically in our mail segment. Ooh, yes. And on February 24th, we have the Menagerie in Motion Kinetic Derby in Gainesville, Florida. On April 8th, Pedal Pursuit. This came to us via Macner's David. He says, are you guys going to put together a team for this? It looks pretty fun, although a mite speedy. Um, and according to their site, 
It's a bike adventure ride. Teams compete by solving clues and playing games at checkpoints around Portland. Everyone celebrates and wins prizes at the finish line after uh, at the finish line after party at Lagunitas Brewing Portland Community Room. All proceeds benefit the Northwest Environmental Defense Center. Um, so that, that looks pretty cool. I mean, I am all about... What day is that again? That is April 8th. Wow. That sounds really cool. Yeah. I'm all about like, uh, you know, bike scavenger hunt type mm-hmm. stuff. This is kind of right up my alley. And even if it is like uh, like road race type thing... I think I do want to put a team together. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we could call ourselves Team DFL. DFL? Dead fucking last. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was. Is a, that, is that, that's Team Surly in a uh, road bike related event? <laughs> <laughs> Might be. That I think we'd also be Team up, Surly if we showed up. <laughs> right. That ended up being the team, team I played in quotes mm-hmm. that I rode with for the, um, the day round last year. Mm. Um, it was David Robinson and uh, Brock, myself, and a couple other guys. We all ended up riding together and just blowing off. Mm-hmm. Like, we did the whole route, but we blew off <laughs> trying to keep up with anybody. <laughs> um, just have fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know the day round, the day round is uh, it's like 40 miles of like all the worst hills. And mm. um, the people who live on the routes are like, really get into this because they love watching all these like bikers you know, go up these steep hills and a lot of people will like have like snack or beer stations. And there were times where we would just sit at a beer station and like everyone would be like, you know, taking two, three back. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I think it took us, it took us way more than four hours to finish that whole thing. <laughs> anyway, team, team DFL. Team DFL. Here we go. <laughs> May ride again, <laughs> April 8th. Um, and, um, if we don't manage to scrap together a team for the DFL, there is also the Lads 500 yes. on April 14th. The Sprocket will have a team going for this one. Um, I don't know if I need to talk more about the Lads 500 because hmm. we've talked about it so much, but um, you will hear more, I'm sure. As it, as it approaches. On May 19th, we also have the DC Bike Ride, uh, which is a 20-mile closed road, completely car-free recreational bike ride through the uh, monuments and beautiful sights of Washington, D.C. And this was sent to us by... That would be Mr. Tim Moody. Yeah, okay. I thought it was Tim there. Yes. On June 23rd, we have the Petal Pedal. That is P-E-T-A-L-P-E-D-A-L. And August 19th is the Portland Century. September 2nd is the Tour de Lab. And on September 22nd, also the Lowell Kinetic Sculpture Race in Lowell, Massachusetts. Yes. Um, or September 22nd versus yes. 2nd. There oh, we go. Did you say 2nd? I think I did. Oh, or, I thought I heard 22nd. I'll roll with it. Okay. <laughs> Upcoming film by bike tour dates, Boise, Idaho, February 8th. Our House, Denmark, March 3rd. South by Southwest, Austin. Nice. Somewhere around March 9th. Isn't that awesome? Yes. You're like totally playing this off. Like, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. South by Southwest. A a privilege to be at the event. (laughs) Uh, March 10th, Copenhagen. July 22nd, Albany, New York. Seattle, Washington. Vancouver, Washington. Dates to be determined. Arcata, Canada, November in 2018. And Bendigo, Australia, sometime in October 2018. 
Excellent. <laughs> and that was... So, if you aren't able to make it to any of those fantastic events coming up, do you know where you can go to just kick back and relax a little bit in between the busyness of Portland life? No, where can I go to relax in between the port? You know, speaking of the IPRC, this (laughs) was another place that we still frequent, but have frequented much more often back when our studio was there. That would be... The Beer Mongers. On Southeast Division and 12th. That's where it is. Yes. So this evening, we're enjoying several fine beverages. Um, I happen to be having the Epic Brewing Pills Lager from Hop Syndrome, or or, or perhaps it's called the Hop Syndrome uh, Pills Lager here. Yes. And what have you got over there, Andy? I've got something called Gloria! An unfiltered (laughs) Pilsner from Block 15 Brewing Company in Corvallis, Oregon. It's pretty tasty. It's a Pilsner kind of day, huh? It is. I yeah. there's there's no rhyme and no reason, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the cool thing about the beer. Yeah, you can literally just walk in and grab anything off the shelf. Kid you not, I I do it every week. <laughs> and if you have a beer request, let me know because I'll grab that too. Um, but you can literally go in and grab anything off the shelf and show up to a podcast and say, "Yes, this will be enjoyable to drink." Yes, everything. Yes, and there is a huge variety. Um. I, as always, am drinking a Lionheart kombucha, <laughs> and that is a dry kombucha, no added sugar, just enough for the brewing process, and so that's all broken down. So it is Whole30 compliant. <laughs> Good job. It's impressive. Because <laughs> I prefer my kombucha with a little added sugar. Yeah. Myself. You know, I've been I've been really getting into the dry kombuchas. Good. Yeah. Glad it's tasty. You got wild blueberry. Yes. They they don't they don't make a bad one, I'll tell you. And now for now for what can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike. It's fast. I like my bike. It's fast. I like my bike. It's fast. It circles around the city lights. From Bike Portland via Superfan Aqua, I'll be your correspondent while construction begins. Yes, this is in reference to the Southeast Foster Road Diet, um, and it's finally out to bid for construction uh, to start in May, mm-hmm. nearly four years after it was unanimously supported by Portland City Council. Let me reiterate that or repeat that unanimously supported by Portland City Council. The Foster Road Streetscape Plan is finally poised to begin construction. The City of Portland put out a bid for construction services last week, and groundbreaking for the project is expected to begin in early May. Mm-hmm. And do you have a picture of that? We oh, do. Okay. Um, so I am not able to bring it up. I get an oh, exclamation yeah. mark. You're all good. And for those listening in wondering, what picture are we talking about? Yes. Um, so basically, this road's going to be going from four and lanes. we'll post that picture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, absolutely. Hopefully, that's not too much. Uh, that won't be a copyright issue if it is. Uh, or, yeah, or just a link to the article, I'm yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Um, so, the, the existing configuration is four lanes, so two in each direction with a bit of a buffer for parking. And the new configuration will have three lanes 
with six feet of riding space for cyclists on both directions and a slightly uh, more designated style of lane for buses um, with, it looks like I'm going to guess eastbound traffic in a, in the two lane configuration. Yeah. And you know what else I noticed for the first time seeing that picture? Look at those sidewalks. Trees. Oh, yeah, and trees. <laughs> trees. <laughs> I, like, I like trees. <laughs> yeah. Good point, though. Thank you. Like, Thank yeah, they put trees in that one. No, look at the sidewalk on the on the newer one. Like, oh, yeah. So much wider. Oh, God. Yeah, see, I didn't even realize that. Well, we are increasing. Yeah, you're gaining uh, basically nine feet, eight feet of sidewalk uh, on each direction there. So the old sidewalks were at a five foot foot level uh the new sidewalks will be nine feet on each side that is actually incredible yeah uh because five feet i'm not sure if you've ever tried to pass somebody on a five foot sidewalk you've you've got to pay attention you're like doing like the the tightrope walk oh sure and um if there's a signaged a board out in front or any (laughs) other permitted structure um that can make it even about the a board even funner yeah we we can get into it if you want or, or not <laughs> another episode oh, maybe. yeah i could do a whole episode about a board science <laughs> hey it's a it's an interesting topic um yeah so generally speaking unanimously approved a um what looks to be really remarkable uh improvement of life for pedestrians and cyclists and a pretty darn good compromise for folks driving through yeah i'm really excited um and aqua volunteered to sort of document the changes not just um in the road but uh what is happening with the signage of the often mocked oh yes yes uh, yes uh european furniture store there on like 60 Mm -hmm. because they had famously had um some i I guess i'd say still presently (laughs) there like i drive by there quite often oh yeah and um while i'm working they're not known to hold back on their opinion (laughs) no no and at this point like there's part of me that's like are you just like becoming parody of yourself now mm. um, but this guy's i got some of that sweet Portlandia money admire this guy's commitment to like his protest and mm-hmm. he's drawn his line in the sand and he's made it clear for everybody that to see. that is kind of our oregon version so do you know if i say the washington sign in reference to a drive between here and seattle do you know what sign i'm talking about i have a vague idea Okay. Uh, is it like U.S. out of U.N.? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I think yeah. that's like our Oregon equivalent. And that's been there for ages too, right? 20, 30 years, yeah, if, okay. if not more. Um, yeah. Just A if you have some. A large sign on private property. <laughs> right next to Interstate okay. 5. This person drew their line in the sand and they let everybody know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So Aqua's, Aqua's offering to document. Um, <laughs> How this signage might change. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you see things happening, uh, let us know how it's going down on Foster. Yes. <clears throat> um, next up, from thelily.com. This came to us via Laura Crawford. Um, you might know her from the Laura part of Russ and Laura from The Pathless Pedaled. Or as the director of... <gasps> the American Bike Association. Yeah, for their... Uh, she's their... Um, Chucks, I need to relook up the official title, but she's basically like their headmistress, like lord and master, travel uh, person extraordinaire. Guru. Yeah, like really cool position that Laura um, got with ACA over there. I, I I can't believe I'm blanking on it right now, but um, yeah, all all as much as we are sad to see Russ and Laura moving from Portland, we are even more what a step up for them. Oh though. God, yeah, overjoyed that they found a really cool spot there in Montana. Yes. 
Anyways, she says, y'all got a nice shout out as a resource for others wanting to bike across the country, which I find quite flattering to be considered a resource. Um, Well, thanks for listening. Yeah, this article is uh, biking cross country helped this woman feel empowered and at peace. So she did it twice. She plans to go on tours around the world and is determined to find a way to integrate sustainable bike travel into her daily life. In fact, she launched her new blog, Work From Bike, which is not just a blog, but Work From Bike is a mobile design studio on wheels. Mm-hmm. And you happen to know this person on yeah. a kind of personal level. Yeah, so Annalisa uh, was one of the many wonderful people met through Warm Showers. And so uh, Warm Showers is the reciprocal hospitality site. Uh, both people on tour and um, people at home can either offer up their house as a resource or they can um, in-kind contact people offering the same. And so Annalisa had gotten in touch with us um, and just happened to be in town. So I thought I'd invite her on the show. Awesome. Turns out she writes yeah. for a lot of uh, publications. <laughs> right. And, yeah, uh, cool. No, she was she was actually she had a really good time here in Portland and yeah. um, has has talked fondly, sort of become a listener of the podcast uh, since being on. And she wrote a really kind postcard, which I actually have a response um, postmarked today out her direction. Oh, really? Speaking of ca- catching up on postcards, so if you're <laughs> listening, Annalisa, um, thanks for coming on the show, and yeah, just really pleased that you enjoy the podcast yeah. as a resource. And thanks for the shout out. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, next up, this is something that you found. Yeah. So this is Recovery in the Gorge, um, which is a effort launched. Well, there's there's lots of efforts being launched for Recovery in the Gorge, but we often talk about that uh, in context of great places to tour and for people riding around Portland within the show. Uh, but it looks like there was recently a $525,000 fundraiser uh, raised towards helping crowdfund some elements of gorge reconstruction um and i've not actually had a very good chance to go detailed through this uh but just sort of saw it the other day and wanted to toss it on um they're they're partnering with some organizations which include uh the columbia river gorge national scenic area office of the u.s forest service uh trail keepers of oregon the national forest foundation uh friends of the gorge and a couple of others And and it looks like the effort is to sort of um generate some crowdfund um, impact in terms of sort of helping stopgap some of the other projects that are already running. So like I said, haven't had a chance to look too much through it, um, but wanted to put it on people's radar if you're interested. And they do also have a page about how to stay engaged, even if you don't want to give money to anybody, um, which is a great way that people can plug in as well. So I took a quick look at um, some of the uh, rewards that they have Mm -hmm. for uh, your... Um, uh, donations mm-hmm. and at the $25 level there's a really cool patch um, it's really well designed and like $25 isn't that isn't that much that's like the entry level and you get this really cool patch yeah and like you know at the risk of sounding like a, you know a, a PBS like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's pledge time mm-hmm. you get this cool patch and you get to you get to fund a worthy cause do you like independent publishing? Do you like independent? No, but do you but like stepping into the gorge and breathing clean air? <laughs> but for real, like the yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the gorge is such a great um, destination for mm-hmm. a lot of people, not just in Portland or people visiting Portland, but uh, around yeah. the Northwest. And um, looks like a um, patch is a graphic of a woodpecker 
uh, with a tree and the background of the river yes. for the Columbia there. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, seems like a good bet, Andy. We, um, I think we did a bike trip out to the gorge. We did. It was so fun. Yeah. And that was like one of your first trips out too. Yeah. I talk about it all the time. It was oh, really? so great. <laughs> um, and I also talk about where we camped, which was so not great. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It was right I, next I to Aaron train tracks. It, actually. Yeah. it was right next to train tracks. I mean, Thunder literally Island? like you could oh, okay. just like reach over and touch the train <laughs> yeah. and they came by. I don't, I don't know, on the hour, I felt like, all night long. Sounds about right, yeah. Making their um, obnoxious sounds. Thunder mm-hmm. Island is like, it's a it's a cool place to go, um, and the camping is, is ample. If but, you like camping by but, train. But, Woo! Yeah, yeah so next time, trains can sometimes, better yeah. camping, but the, the, the bike path that... Uh, that Guthrie showed me was amazing. Did you it's guys happen cool. to visit Thunder Island Brewing while you were there? I think they were closed because it was uh, Thursday. And at, mm. at that time, I believe they're closed on Thursdays. Okay. Uh, or it might have been like Wednesday or something like that. But Thunder Island. No, we went to uh, a different that's, place. It's mm-hmm. definitely uh, worth the worth a trip or worth a visit if you're yeah. out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and Laura Crawford what is the um, U.S. Bicycle Route Systems Coordinator is thank the title you. I was failing to go. find there. So, yeah, thank you, Laura. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you're interested in getting involved in the gorge um, or some of the recuperation, it looks like there's a lot of people working on projects, um, but that would be one good way to plug yeah. in there. And we might not have a additional headlines article but you know what we do have aaron we got mail hey we got mail nailed it oh yeah ah so this is from ashley lance who is also a guest on our episode for the previous recording she says hello gents thank you again for having us on the show last night it was really fun we will be sure to share it on our social media page i wanted to get you set up with a discount code to share with your listeners Ah. so yes i mentioned um worst day of the year ride that we would talk about that Uh, go ahead and this is it so the code for all you Worst Day of the Riders is Sprocket18, and that's Sprocket with a capital S and the numbers 18. Um, we'll also be posting this in the show notes, so fear not if you've missed it or have to hit the 10-second button on your podcast device. <laughs> um, it is good for $5 off any adult ride registration, and the code is also, so if you don't happen to make it to the Worst Day of the Year ride, um, the code also sounds to be good for the Petal Petal Portland Century and Tour de Lab. So yeah. fear not if you can't make it to that. It's good for a couple of events there. Yeah, that was really nice of them to to hook us up with that. Oh, but, yeah, uh, super nice. And passing that on to our listeners. Um, so if you're at all interested and you think like, well, I don't know if I want to like pay for this. Or maybe pay a as little, much. Right, maybe a little extra $5 off might be that incentive that you need. Um, in the meantime, thank you, Ashley and Axiom Events. I hope I got that name right. Yeah, I know it's you're Axiom good. something. Yep, Phil uh, and Ashley and many others at yeah, Axiom. Thank you for, for uh, sharing that with our listeners. From uh, also Mac Nurse David, we have a photo from Fred Meyer, quote, presented without comment. Yes, he found this pack of cards. Um. And do you have a picture of that I there? do. So, so Bicycle is yep. a common card company, like mm-hmm. playing card company. And But 
this particular pack of bicycle cards. It was says, like a bicycle, bicycle. So it's a cyclist, cyclist, uh, error or addition, error. Yeah. I was going to say. Uh, so with this one, it has a picture of a crank arm and various bicycle components that form the um, typical sort of adornments that you would see on a bicycle card package. Yeah. So for the near and dear of your gambling, bike riding, uh, tobacco chewing, wh- whiskey drinking, <laughs> bicycle card carrying friends, uh, this pack is for you. Yes. Rawson sends us a little letter on bike lights, and he also says, "Welcome to Guthrie." Hey, Guthrie, welcome to the show. <laughs> Belated. Yes. Um, he also wonders if we can interview someone from Bike Portland. We have a few times interviewed Jonathan Miles, but maybe it's time to get him back on the show. Yeah, or if um, Jonathan's been working with a really neat collective of um, guest writers, too. Yes! So I'd say uh, Michael Anderson, no longer permanently on staff, does still pop in from time to time, um, even as a commenter. But uh, there's been some really good articles, or there's often great articles coming out of Bike Portland, some really good ones that have been written by um, sort of supplementary sources, so we could look towards uh, Jonathan, or perhaps we could also get one of those guest authors yeah. on. Yeah, it it honestly, like, I doesn't, it doesn't get on my radar to have them on the show as much these days, only mm-hmm. because um, I feel like it, it becomes a little too insular, mm. you know? Yeah, we do talk, talk a lot of the same shop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, there's that to acknowledge. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we also... I mean, I at least feed off of their articles. I don't know if they f- they reference us at all. But... They, they tend to be pretty relevant to <laughs> yeah. uh, what we like to talk about on the show. I'd say there's a synergy there for yeah. sure. Um, also, he talks about bike lights. He says he hates the strobe lights. Um, it's not a thing in Colorado. Um, and he gave up on bicycle, specific bicycle mm-hmm. lights. He just went with a flashlight and he got a handlebar mount. Um, and... Uh, total of 60 bucks and so he doesn't feel bad um about his purchase yeah and, you know, definitely uh, sometimes you get so fed up with the bike light world that you just want to make your own solution <laughs> right and oftentimes right. that's the best solution for you <laughs> <laughs> and he sent us a few pictures again not loading on my mm-hmm. machine of the various uh spreads that mm-hmm. his light has yeah one looks it's, like a like a very widespread the other yeah. the beam is quite focused it's very comparable to uh the wide one anyways is very comparable to the dynamo lightings i've yeah. seen on a, a lot of bikes yeah sort of like a heat spot for what matters and then a bit of periphery there yeah definitely um he also says headphones live and oh, let yes. live for me but headphones are a must. Uh, So he mentions that his rides are typically desolate and um, just about a few miles in the winter. Don't be a headphone hater. Be a freedom lover. Definitely. Do you have thoughts on headphones, Andy? While biking? Headphones are great, but what about the safety aspect when we're biking in the city? That's my Mm -hmm. concern. I don't know that I would want to try headphones. Some folks do like a one ear in, one ear out. So you're kind of like trading between. You need to get some of those cool little wireless ones maybe. Because with all the wires hanging and... It's true. It could get caught on something. Dangerous. Never thought of that. Yeah. I always tuck it, like, you know, in my jacket. And then, oh, yeah. Like, if you have a cool jacket, like if you style. have the right gear, it's coming out of your hood. You get, you get the one where the pocket's, like, right, you know, um, on your, like, right breast. And then you have, you to have do that, that little, yes. the little hole Look on the that. inside of the pocket. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. Does yours have the hole you on headphones? the inside of the pocket no, so you can string your headphones? It doesn't have the thing? hole. Yeah. <laughs> it has the pocket, just not the hole. <laughs> <laughs> I could solve that. Guthrie, do you use headphones on your normal commute? Normal? No. Yeah. Um, in fact, I, I actually, my use of this pocket is using my tinny phone speakers because um, I, I do enjoy music, but in the city environment, I, I do also um, prioritize surrounding hearings. If I'm touring, absolutely. Um, I've spent like three days on some interstates that come to mind like only listening to headphones because that's what killed the road noise For sure. um, so i was kind of using it as like a defense mechanism in that regard but yeah i'm a, I'm a fan of contextual head use um so in that regard uh i am a freedom lover freedom lover for sure <laughs> sure uh there was a time where i was commuting with a little bottle cage mount speaker mm-hmm. um, so it's sort of like and you've been a fan the of those. Best yeah. of both worlds, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like I get some music and I still have my ears open. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the article, was it last week? Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago? I think two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks ago where um, this study found that wearing headphones doesn't change your your hearing mm-hmm. that significantly or 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 what um, it went or what i was trying to say i guess was that um you're about the same level of impairment if you're in a vehicle yes. silent as compared yep. to listening to headphones on a okay. bike so you're about the same as if you were driving if you're listening to music on your phones that yeah. makes complete sense because i'm like blaring when i'm driving so. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're like i don't want to hear anything yeah <laughs> yeah well and even even without a radio a lot of cars are made to block out mm-hmm. you know road noise and yeah, absolutely. Anyways, just just like our just on. like our airstream is maybe blocking out this plane that noise. plane that just went by. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, we I we continue to have actually really uh, opinionated and excellent feedback on the headphone and the bike and light. bike lights. Yeah, and debate. strobes. Yeah, yes. right in. I I I feel like we're almost getting enough data points to come up with some analysis <laughs> here. Sure. Um. It's funny though because it's it's been off my radar for a long time mm-hmm. that like now that it, we're talking about it mm-hmm. i'm riding around and i notice the strobes like oh, so much yeah. more yeah than i used to definitely um, i think i think i notice it often um and i think anybody who gets migraines or headaches often will oh, notice it because yeah. um that's certainly a big factor if you're not feeling like looking at bright lights to be to be strobed out by one be be kind that. to your fellow riders. Use <laughs> enough light to see, and perhaps not too much more than that if you bike in the city. Right are you are you a strobe? No. no. Yeah, but it's interesting. Do all lights have that option? Many bike lights do. And then why? Why were they? So <laughs> maybe maybe cyclists don't know. The theory is that um since people are more attracted to motion, the blinky light gets a driver's attention quicker than a steady light Mm -hmm. but the steady light allows a driver to track distance and speed a lot easier than a blinky right i would be down to see some data on this there's few data (laughs) like guthrie's like all about if you have data you know that's funny though i mean i'm sure there's there's studies out there there's got to be um and I guess the data I was salivating over was more just kind of like anecdotal data from our sure. listeners. Like, let's sure. make a chart. Um, I mean, I think we should. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sure there's been like studies, but they might just be not directly related to the act of uh, cycling. Like 
like relevant data as we were talking about with the trains um right where there's there's been research done but maybe not in that exact field although it may be applicable uh so if there's any that we're missing um i personally love reading that type of stuff so feel free to send <laughs> it on in um yeah and the debate continues yes discussion discussion continues. the conversation yes. the conversation um speaking of conversation we got a one-sided conversation on our phone. Oh. Most of you would call that a voicemail. This comes from our friend Tim Mooney. While we're waiting for our track here, another piece of mail from Thomas Skedow. Oh, yeah. Ep- episode 394 should be renamed Laughter is the Best Medicine. Unnamed isn't just isn't working. Joan is awesome. We agree. <laughs> yes. Joan's an excellent and she's going to be on, I'm, I don't know if you were noticing on Twitter when uh, mm. we mentioned something about a uh, library episode. Okay. Uh, uh, just, oh, the reference just in episode? Passing. Oh, really? And a few people responded on Twitter like, we would love a library episode. Oh, cool. Yeah. I would and love a library And there's a couple of librarians who were like, I'm game. Nice. So, that yeah. sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So we're going to have like this, I'm trying to figure out how to hit that angle just right of like cycling mm-hmm. and and uh and reference mm-hmm. and library why not both <laughs> right <laughs> anyways so yeah. here's a voicemail from tim mooney hello sprocket podcast hi tim friend of the show i think tim mooney you know may have heard of me from such things as don't don't ever use that uh, I uh, listened with great interest uh, when you uh, read an email from Sam Johnson because guess who ended up on my podcast not one episode later on episode 105 of the Pedal Shift Project. Uh, it was a fun interview, and I would definitely invite everybody to check that out. That's pedalshift.net slash 105. Uh, quite the adventurer, that Sam, and a uh, really cool guy as well. So if you were intrigued as a listener to the Sprocket podcast about that email, you get an entire interview uh, on the Pedal Shift Project. So check that out. And uh, folks, I'll be back in the Northwest soon. Hope to see you in the Airstream very soon. Take care. Oh, by the way, you can totally use that. (laughs) Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, episode 105 on the Pedal Shift. Check it out. Yeah, Andy and... um... Uh, Aaron are making a special exception for today. We we couldn't find a Monday that all of us could get into the same Airstream trailer for. So you'll be probably listening to this a day or two after Wednesday, as today is Wednesday. Today is Wednesday. It's Wednesday. And anyways, speaking of time. I think it's time we to do our outro. Our time here has come to an end. It's been so fun. <laughs> Andy, thank you for Thanks coming. Thanks for having me. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Airstream. And if you ever publish another book or just want to come on or and just, read more yeah. poetry feel yeah i'm gonna free. let you know about let my new know. commute and you know yeah. the route i'll definitely let you know 503-847-9774 look at that <laughs> oh, didn't even yeah. have to like try to search for it this time yes the sprocket podcast is produced at stream pdx community audio studio thanks to the generous support of open signal our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Our, <clears throat> call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter and the Instagrams at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. 
And Hurt Bird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to our sustaining donors, Logan Smith, Shadowfoot, Katharina Mellingard, Wayne Norman, Doug Robertson, Ethan Georgie, Justin Martin, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lean, Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney, thanks for the voicemail, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Weiss, Todd Parker, Dan Kebart, who's a time traveler, Dave Knows, Chris Smith, Christy Kaster, Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Keeley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, I'll Be Home Soon, John Wasserman, Andre Johnson, King of Division, Josh Zeeson, Richard G., Guthrie, Guthrie Straw, Straw. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of the Reed Granary, Campsite, Macnurse David, Nathan Poulton, Chris Rawson, Rory in Michigan, Michael Florno, Jeremy Kitchen, J- David Belay, Tim Coleman, Mr. T, Harry Hugel, EJ Finneran, Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skato, Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam, Derek Wagner, Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore, Todd Grosbeck, hey, your patch is coming soon, for real this time, Todd. Chris Barron, Chris Barron, Chris Barron. Sean Baird, Simon Gregory Braithwaite. Ryan Morrow, Jimmy Diesel, Dude Luna. And all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Now brush your teeth. And go to bed.